Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Wintertime Script Shop Show. Hi, everybody. My name is Jack. My name's Allison. Welcome to our podcast about screenwriters and, and, and the scripts that they write and the feels that they feel. Hi, everybody. I cannot tell you how much <laughs> I enjoy doing like audio based things. Right. Because the fact that we're not on a camera in any way means I can like not have my hair in any decent of a shape and I can have this schlubby Homestar Runner hooded sweatshirt on and I get to be super comfortable and not have to worry about looking good because I look good enough as it is. That's right. You precious boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, honestly, I was going to say I like that it's audio because people can't watch me interpretive dance snowflake. Which is what I was doing. Is that what you were doing? Yes. However, as a performer myself, I would much prefer they saw me at all times. Oh. So, well, that's why we did that photo shoot for the website so many months and I months know, and moons ago. That's like years ago. It was more than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. We need a new one. Well, we can do a few more. But anyway, so if you do want to see us, uh, please feel free to go to scriptshopshow.com and you can see all of the wonderful pictures that the our friend Frank, Frank took of us before we even began this undertaking more than before a year ago. Before we were even friends. Well, Let's be a, honest. Well, that's not true. We just you and I were as, friends, but Frank and I were friends and all of us collectively were not friends then. That's true. You can check all that out on scriptshopshow.com. Uh, other ways that uh, you can connect with us online, if you are so inclined, is to go on to Facebook or to go on to Twitter or to go on to Instagram. Instagram. Instagram and look up face, Facebook. Script Shop Show. Look up Facebook on your web browser and then search <laughs> Script Shop Smooth. Show. And uh, that would be a way to do it uh, To do it that way. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, we'd love a review. If there was something you wanted to jot down a couple thoughts about mm, us. Uh, please do. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. That would help us. You can talk to us about our how our readings go, what our accents sound like, because we're very excited today where we might have the opportunity to dive into a little bit more of an international dialect. Well, we are lucky enough to have a writer from who's in the UK right now. Thomas James Scott is uh, going to be with us, who wrote a script called The Funeral Director. The Funeral Director, an eight, a 16-page rompish aspirational comedy. <laughs> I love this. This was a fun one to read. Yeah, I mean, you'll get into it a little bit later with us, but The Funeral Director being somebody who is a funeral director who may also be a aspirational film director what? and some of the crossover there. One of the notes in. that I wrote down, I just have it literally just like it's from a couple pages in and I wrote, oh, funeral director. director. <laughs> it's for sure director. one of the notes I took. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for tuning into the show. Uh, we appreciate it. Please feel free to give us a thumbs up and hit that notification bell and all the other clever zink internet things. Zink-a-dink-a-dookaboos. Make sure you zink-a-dink your dookaboos for sure. We need mm. you to do that You're big such time. a good listener, Jack. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I try. You're, do- you're doing great. <laughs> um, so I think that, Frank, did we, is that everything? Is Patreon, there... send us your reenies. Oh, excuse me. Yes, we are taking, uh, we are taking reenies, and by that we mean money. Uh, and if you uh, do want to send us some money or burritos, we're very open to that suggestion. Are we still doing the uh, the phrase that pays? Hot burritos? Always. 
I love hot burritos. Okay, well, so if you uh, do want to send us your work, and you can go on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit, or you can submit to us through Film Freeway. Well, Film Freeway is technically closed right now. I will okay. reopen after we get through our email submissions. Okay, perfect. Yeah. But anyway, the important thing is if you want to maybe jump to the front of the line because you listen to the show and you hear us saying, if you use the phrase that pays... Uh, contact email us, us. Email us. Uh, tag us on Facebook with a message. Send us a message on Twitter that incur- that incorporates the words hot burrito. Bada bing, bada boom. Mm-hmm. That'll mm. make us notice you. Mm. We noticed the food. We noticed the food. Dintana. New song. <laughs> That's it's for my oncoming musical. Oh, perfect. What's, cafeteria. Ca- the oncoming musical cafeteria. Mm-hmm. We and then that first song was called we. We noticed the food. We noticed the food. It opens on cafeteria women putting on their hairnets for the day. Perfect. One opens a giant container that's just a vat of chili. It sounds like a major political thriller that's going to change the game. It's going to shake things up, seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of shaking things up, we should probably shake the the line here and, and shake Thomas up because he's been patiently, patiently standing by while we're doing our nonsense. Uh, Thomas James Scott, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good. A uh, little tired, but, mm. uh, but good. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show for us. You're, uh, you're a little ways away from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, well, Belfast, Ireland. Well, Belfast, UK. Depends Mm -hmm. on which part of the the community you come from here. You know, you probably know the history. I mean, the idea of being in a certain part of Belfast or being in a certain part of Ireland versus the UK is, it it gets very specific, if my memory serves, in in terms of how you want to frame yourself. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what part of, of Belfast you're from. Some say the UK, some say Ireland. Um, but it, it really, it is the UK up in the north. Okay. And when, when we were talking before, you talked about how you've got some family or people that you at least consider family in Chicago. So in terms of mm-hmm. travel, do you find yourself on the road often? No. Well, I haven't been to Chicago since 20, 2013, I think. Uh, I was over at a, a conference um, and I met up with the family there. Uh, though I've been to Florida, Vegas and Los Angeles. So... Uh, I have traveled to the States uh, yeah. quite a few times. Wow, that's, that's... Maybe eight, eight, nine times, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as yeah. a, a day job goes for you, I, if I remember right, your email address involved maybe a little bit of academia? It said doctor. Oh. He's very, very fancy. Yeah. Well, shoot. I, all right, sorry. Yes, please. Learned. Go Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I, a course coordinator or course director, I think it would be called, over in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, in film and television. So I work at the Belfast Film and Television School, and I look over the degree level courses. Uh, so we have maybe I think we have sixty students at the moment. So that's my my day job. So I, I essentially I get paid to talk about film, which which is a lot of people's dream jobs. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. How did you uh, how did you get into why why did you go with the teaching route? Um, I think it was. Especially here in Belfast, um, back when I did my degree at Queen's, I did a degree in film, uh, film and visual studies, so photography and things like that too. Uh, the film industry here hadn't really taken off at the time. Uh, this was before Game of Thrones and uh, Dracula Untold and uh, Krypton, mm-hmm. the Super Superman series. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of I was already married at the point. You know, um, I was 26 when I went to university. So I needed something just a little more settled, and there was a master's uh, degree, which was funded, and then the PhD was funded, and I was just lucky to go from the degree to the master's degree to the PhD, and then lecturing and teaching just came naturally, and I've been doing it since. 
Well, that's excellent. And, and then you still find yeah. time to write on top of it. Yeah, I, I do a bit of everything. I've did uh, set design. I've been a sound recordist. I've produced and directed music videos. Writing is probably more of a recent thing. Um, I started that that particular script actually 10 years ago, uh, which I might have mentioned in email or maybe on the Film Freeway mm-hmm. account. And I came back to it uh, last year. Um, my intention was always to eventually make the funeral director myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started I started writing again in 2017. I keep I have aspirations to if I had to pick one role in film, it would be writing. Uh, but due to the nature of my job, I work a lot and I work a lot of long hours. So as much as it's what I want to do, it's probably the last thing I get to do in film, which can be frustrating. Uh, but the each year passes, I get more settled in my job. And lately, uh, I've had a lot more time to write. So I've been rewriting the funeral director and working on a documentary at the, the same time. How did you first get started being interested in film and interested in this world? Is this something that you did as, yeah. a, as a little kid? Yeah, I, I actually come from a, a family of, of writers. Um, I mean, my dad was a musician when he was younger and did a bit of songwriting. Uh, my mom has wrote and published uh, short stories. My aunt is a, a girl called Anna Burns, who actually won the Man Booker Prize recently mm. uh, for her book, uh, The Milkman. And, and I think it's just Irish people in general, particularly in the North, we, we love storytelling. Mm-hmm. And for me, because I grew up watching, you know, Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and mm-hmm. things like that, I think, um, yeah, I wanted to be a storyteller, but film was the medium in which I wanted to do it. And then I wrote some stage plays when I was younger and I did a bit of acting. And so I guess I've always been doing it mm-hmm. since at least, at least since my, you know, teenage years anyway. Um, how does it translate from like being interested in it to teaching it and talking to people and young people and helping them learn to structure this type of thing? Um, it's it can be tricky at first. Um, you know, we we're kind of restricted by the you know the the paperwork and the assessment criteria and things like that. So I might I would love to go into a class and talk to the students for hours about our favorite films and you know helping them make the films that they want to make. But we also have, you know, we've got awarding bodies and exam bodies and things like that. So it can be difficult, but I think the students see that I'm passionate about film and the rest of the tutors and lecturers are quite passionate about film. So I think as long as you love what you do and then you teach it, it's actually quite easy. Um, It's hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes, but most of the time it's quite easy. You know, when you teach film, you know, you're going to get students that love film. It's, you know, no disrespect to other subjects, but there are some subjects out there that people have to study, mm-hmm. you know, numeracy, literacy. People come to us because they really want to make films. So it makes our life and our jobs a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, you've got, it's a very motivated student body. It's not like it's, this isn't like a mandatory course, right? They're getting into this because they want to, and you get to see them learn about things and like really set that fire and get it going inside them, right? Yeah, yeah, we really do. We, the the level five is, uh, it's kind of a, it's almost degree level. It's it's just before, you know, degree level, um, but it's at a stage where they've already been to school. They've already did the mandatory subjects and mandatory education. So we get the students that want to work in film. So by the time we get them, they have actively chosen to do this. And not every one of them will be passionate. Sometimes we get students and they stay for a while and 
they realize it's not quite for them. Um, but overall, we get a nice, pleasant bunch. And some of them go on to do really, really good stuff. Some of them are doing really good stuff already, and they haven't finished the course. Oh, that's so cool. That's got to be so cool for you to see, like, groups come in year after year, and you get to, like, what's that like for you to see this evolution in somebody when they're learning about something that they could potentially really fall in love with? It's it's amazing. It, one of the greatest things that I really love, and I'm the script writing tutor on the course. I've been taking the script writing module for, I think, three years, and it's when a student comes up with an idea, and they, they just give me, like, a log line, like, two sentences, I seem to be able to know right away when when a student has a really really good idea. Okay. Well, or or I shouldn't be doing. I shouldn't be doing the job. I guess. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's great when you hear the student come up with an idea, and then you know six months to twelve months down the line, seeing that film then made with the actors and the production, mm-hmm. and seeing it up on the screen, it's an incredible feeling. And I think we get as much a kick out of it as the students do. Yeah, does it build to that, like the end of the course is producing whatever you've been working on for the for the course of the semester? Yeah, we would start with, say, you know, the basic script writing, camera work, uh, editing, that type of stuff. And then in second semester, we would take, say, the 10 best ideas. They develop the scripts. And then at the end of the year, they, they make a film. And then at the end of second year, they make another film. So they make roughly... Maybe one fiction film each year, one documentary each year, and then some music videos, uh, maybe some uh, advertisements, that that type of thing. Do you, um, so it's good. It's really good. Do you ever wish that you did that instead of teaching? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. You know, there's that great line, isn't there, in School of Rock, those who can't do, teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in, Brilliance from in, school. Yeah. Jack Black. And it is, it is true sometimes, but... Um, but I think with film, um, you'll find most of the people that I work with, all the lecturers, we still work in film because it moves so fast. You know, a camera might change, editing software might change, you know, genre, you know, what what is popular might change. So we have to be working on films at, while we are teaching film at right. the same time. Um, whereas some subjects, you know, you know, Again, I don't want to, you know, speak ill of certain subjects, but say mathematics, I don't know. Personally, maybe it does change year on year, but nothing changes as fast as film and television. Right. So we have to keep working or we can't keep the students up to date. So it's it's funny you bring this up because this is one of the notes that I took when I read your your script, The Funeral Director, and which we're, we'll get into here yeah. in a minute. But the idea of <clears throat> film as utility versus film as art, the idea that this guy as a funeral director who is making a movie based on the last wishes mm-hmm. of a person who dies, the idea of being there as like a service to hire the way you need a you know, like an actual funeral director and a burial and all that versus a, 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 an artistic film that you're making because of the art and of itself the idea of the thing being practical versus the thing being artistic i think is a interesting dichotomy that i think is in this script yeah yeah and i think the frankie the the main character he he thinks that he's making art uh but you know his two production assistants ricky and mickey they they know this is just a job right um the people in the village know it's just a job but but he thinks because he's been in film school that he's making this great piece of art um the idea actually came when I was at university myself, and I, I think I mentioned earlier, there wasn't the industry in Belfast was not big at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it was certainly getting big, and you could tell that something special was about to happen. But for a lot of us, a lot of us students, 
people would go back to, you know, we call it Tesco over here. I think you guys call it uh, Walmart. Oh, sure. You know, jobs like that. Uh, they would go back to working in restaurants. And I thought, how funny would it be if someone went to their their job in a small village, but they tried to be a filmmaker? And we made a list, myself and I think it was my wife, actually, at the time. Uh, we sat down and we made a list of, of jobs that would be funny if this guy tried to film. And we had, you know, bus conductor, yeah. uh, restaurant critic, stuff like that. And then I was actually listening to the radio and someone had filmed a funeral because someone in Australia couldn't get home in time. And I thought, yeah, that would be funny. I mean, so that's, that's it's really the it. ultimate. It's really right. like the, the apex of like awkward things to try to treat as yeah. entertainment is a funeral. <laughs> a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to yeah. I want to bring up one of the lines from the script, which is not part of the reading we're going to do today, but okay. it's so good. And this is where the funeral director is talking to um, the widow, and he says to her, "Right, Molly, your husband's passed away, and he's never coming back. Your son Tony lives in the city. Your cottage is falling apart. Your dog ran away last week because it hates the smell of you. <laughs> and on top of all that, you've got a big Burt Reynolds mustache. Roll the camera where he's trying to set the emotional oh, tone yeah. Yeah, for yeah, the yeah. woman that just lost." Her husband? Yeah, he's trying to tell it's, her what her motivation yeah, is. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> well, and the idea, too, of just, you know, funerals as a source of comedy and, you know, comedy growing out of tragedy. It, it's such a it's such a classic, like, human thing yeah. to tap into. Yeah, and you know, well, everywhere in the world, I guess. But, you, you know, with, with the Irish in particular, we, we tend to laugh at things we shouldn't laugh at. You know, I mentioned it earlier about growing up in the Troubles in, in Belfast. There are stand-up comedians and comedians. There's a sitcom in Belfast, which is essentially about the Troubles. So we tend to laugh at things that I don't think we should. And maybe that's maybe that was just kind of within me, and that's why I went for the for the funeral idea. Well, I mean, the idea—I mean, it, it, it's absolutely a coping mechanism. It can also be a defense mechanism. But I mean, in terms of coping with strife, I mean, on a cultural yeah. level, there's 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 quite a few cultures where that's definitely a thing. Judaism comes to mind right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, I guess over in America as well, I think your 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 sense of humor and our sense of humor is not that different. I, I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah. So, do you think so. that the idea for this one was mostly <laughs> born out of? trying to structure something that was funny. You were creatively and technically approaching an idea for a new script. There's not like something mm-hmm. about this that came from, you know, like you don't personally know anybody who wanted their funeral. Or had like a, yeah, <laughs> had a wacky funeral experience. No, I don't though. I, I've, I've noticed something recently, which you, I don't know if, you know, Americans do this, but in, in Belfast, um, people now will go and visit a grave at Christmas and take a photo of the grave and put it on Facebook and say Happy Christmas to you know my Uncle Jack or whatever. So, okay. um, I think we maybe I did hear it somewhere or maybe you know I did hear a news report, but that was about a couple in Manchester or something like that. But it could have been you know people taking pictures of graves and stuff. And I know it sounds absurd, but I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. It's all you just know, kind of this way, around. this this way of coping through media, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm. Do you want to uh, do you want to read a little bit of uh, a little yeah. selection from this? Yeah, let's jump into yeah. it. Yeah, because then we can talk about the humor in it and you know the character mm-hmm. relationships and all that jazz. So um, we're gonna we're gonna turn your mic down for a little bit, Tom. And yeah, cool. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Yeah. Just hang on with us, Tom. Thanks. We have a okay. short selection for our listeners today. Um, one of the beautiful things about this script is how funny it is. 
And uh, we're going to read just a small piece starting on the bottom of page three, if you're following along. Um, that's that's like document page three. And today we're going to have Jack reading for the role of Tony. I will be reading for the role of Molly. And then Frank here in the studio will be doing all of our action headings. And uh, I think we're both going to try to do a, a dialect. We'll try. We, I, we, we, we spoke with, with Thomas ahead of time because I don't like the idea of my inexperienced brain trying to put on an accent of a whole people and trying to not sound like a horrible <laughs> cartoon. Mm. You have a little more experience with this than I do, but Tom said that it, he's, he seemed like he was cool with it. So We might as well try. We'll do our best. Uh, we're coming into the script. This is fairly early on in the story, but it's a, it, overall it's a story about Frankie, who is a funeral director. Literally. He's been high. Hired to film somebody's funeral, but but it, it all has the trappings of a gladiator. Well, this one in particular, like this this person died and wanted his right. funeral to be built as like a Russell Crowe yeah. type movie. So the funeral director basically hosts themed funerals is the thing. And then he films them as like this epic last film for the dying wishes of a specific person. Right. And so then Tony and Molly, Tony is the son of Molly's, the of the deceased mm-hmm. and Molly is the wife of the deceased. Mm-hmm. And yes. they're having a little moment uh, before things really get going, I suppose, mm-hmm. is the best way to set us up. Great. So Frank, whenever you're ready. And I'll be reading in an American accent. <laughs> That's a good call, Frank. Mm. Did you have to study that? I to did. Yeah. Which school did you go to? What <laughs> were you doing? <laughs> Standard RP or what are you thinking? Well, I didn't get my American accent until kindergarten, so. Mm, okay. Well, that's right, didn't yep. That's right, Frank. You grew up over in the UK, right? I did. I did. Okay. Well, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Exterior, a narrow country road. A group of people are gathered outside a small cottage. The males wear gladiator costumes. The females wear togas. A golden chariot headed by two white horses is on the road. Among the crowd are Tony and Molly McGuire. Tony looks at his watch. This was a bad idea. We're supposed to be at the chapel in 20 minutes. Just be patient. Remember, this is what your father wanted. Anyway, sure, the kids are having a grand time. Molly looks over at the boys having a fake sword fight and chuckles. A good time. It's a funeral. I don't get why you're taking this whole charade so well. Sure, you didn't your father say himself, if you can't have a laugh, you might as well be dead. Ironic that he had a heart attack whilst telling a knock-knock joke. I never did find out what Anita's surname was. Suddenly, Molly begins to cry. <laughs> Tony quickly comforts her. It was di- Molly glances up at Tony, still sobbing. Tony pats her <laughs> on the shoulder whilst consoling her. N- you know, never mind, Mom. Never mind. Uh, and that's the end of that little bit. I, I, I think the fact that, <laughs> Thomas, I think the fact that you don't overtly let people know what the punchline on that knock-knock knock joke to is, think about it twice. is so yeah. good. I had to th- Why did you that's put so that good. in there? How many times have you told this joke, Mr. Professor Doctor, sense of humor, <laughs> telling dirty jokes to people? Uh, to be honest, I I have never told that joke. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, anyway. mm. I think um, the, the original line uh, that was one of the ones I changed uh, this year. Uh, the original line was a reference to a TV show, mm-hmm. but because I start because I started the script eight, eight years ago, mm. well, two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. ten, ten years ago, mm. eleven, um, the joke wasn't relevant anymore. So mm. I went for a knock knock joke, and I just. Looked up as many as I could and I thought, yeah, this one's funny. That, so one, that is funny. That. No, I literally was sitting there reading it. It was like, too bad I never figured out her Anita's surname. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go back and look at it and go, oh, this is a penis joke. Yeah. This is a penis joke. <laughs> By the way, uh, <laughs> I, think I think it's the only one in the script. Mm-hmm. 
uh, apologies and and uh, please send our uh, sincerest apologies to every to everybody know, in Belfast friend and family that you may have be interested in listening to this show in in the in the accents that we just put on for for everybody. Yeah. Um. So the comedy, the comedy here is so beautiful, and you know the funny thing is, is talking to you, it doesn't you, you it doesn't jump off of you like oh this guy's writing jokes, he's being a you know a laugh a, mil- a minute dude here, but like where does this comedy yeah. aspect of this script come from for you? Um, in terms of inspiration, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I watch a lot of. I, I te- around the time I wrote it, uh, I watched a lot of F- Father Ted. Um, I think I, I might have mentioned that, or it might be in the bio. Uh, Graham Lanahan is someone who I would absolutely love to work with if my script writing career took off. Uh-huh. Um, he was the creator of Father Ted. Everything this guy writes is absolutely brilliant. Um, and so I was probably heavily influenced by the type of things he wrote, even when he's written scripts that are set in England. He still has quite a lot of Irish characters. Um, but also it's probably just my, my upbringing. You know, I, I grew up in North Belfast. We're quite sort of, we grew up in stories. We grew up in jokes. And I think that sort of sense of comedy was just, was in me from, from probably from my childhood. Um, I watched sitcoms with my dad from you know, four years old. Um, I've been watching stand-up comedy, some which I probably shouldn't have been watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best kind. Um, yeah, I think I remember sitting up to maybe 2 a.m. watching Richard Pryor with my dad when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. which is probably inappropriate. But So that's probably where the, the penis joke came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, yeah, I just kind of... When I was, I was actually ta- tasked with, with writing a script as part of university and everyone was writing horror movies and thrillers and, you know, sort of deep, thoughtful dramas. And I thought, you know, writing is hard. Um, so I just want to write something that's that's fun and something that will make me laugh. And I just, I tried to do that. I still think it could be funnier. I think if I wrote it again, maybe if I wrote it, redrafted it with someone like a team, we could make every line even funnier. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of proud of, of how it's mm-hmm. came out so far. Well, and one of the things I like about it, too, is it, even though it is funny, it's not just it's not just a silly, you know, 12 page or however many pages script just for being silly sake. There's there's a bit of an arc in here where as Frankie is working with this family to film this ridiculous thing, there's people over at the church who are protesting what he's doing because they're upset thinking that this whole stick of his is disrespectful and it, it, yeah. it there's a bit of a conflict with the protesters and things build and mm. near the end of it frankie's sort of questioning it, it, it all kind of, it all kind of goes wrong and right. frankie's questioning why he's even choosing to stick with this in the first place he's really fighting an uphill battle the whole time yeah yeah and i think it's it, as well it's even though it was wrote kind of as like a, a pilot uh, maybe a pilot tv show maybe even a pilot webisode um in today yeah there were webisodes weren't around when when i wrote it Mm -hmm. uh but if it was released today it could could be um but as you probably guessed reading it this has been going on for for maybe say six months to a year Mm -hmm. so this funeral is just one of many funerals he's did so there is other areas that that i could explore to see how, how he gets to that point um but yeah the you have the protests are kicking off he's he's starting to doubt whether or not he should do it. But throughout the script, I, I've tried to give the impression that he's a very stubborn. It's probably his only redeeming quality is that he's stubborn and that he's, what's the word? He's, he's maybe a little naive, but in a good way, I right. guess. Well, he's, and, he's very adamant about making sure that the deceased wishes are honored despite what everybody else is saying. Yeah, so there's kind of a, a sense of loyalty there, no matter mm-hmm. how misplaced it, it might be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was 
you know, I'm thinking back t- 10 years here. And um, when I did write it, it was written more of a, as a possible sitcom th- than a short film. Uh, though the length, you know, the amount of pages probably implies that it would be a short film, I guess. What about doing character development in a in a situation that's this bonkers? Like the comedy is just like right there. It's right there. And I, and I'm really impressed by the choices that you might make for different characters. And so I'd I'd love to hear <laughs> what your ideas about in terms of like which family members actually made it into the stories, and then you know our little henchmen <laughs> here, how you brought them in, it, and what your thoughts were on that. Uh, well, initially, he had a full crew of, of 12 people, <laughs> all of whom were like students from a local primary school. Perfect. Or I think, uh, I'm not sure if you could, you don't call it primary school, do you? No. Um, uh, be pre-high school. Yeah, like junior el- high, elementary kids. Yeah. Middle school, junior, junior high. high yeah. Yeah. Or elementary, yeah. <laughs> That's um, so much funnier. The, yeah. <laughs> <That's really good. laughs> uh. So, um so there was a lot more characters in it, and I had to cut them down to two. One of our script tutors that I had, I was a, I was a student when I wrote this, and I'm finishing it now being a teacher, which is quite strange. <laughs> um, he he had said, you just you, you have too many characters, and you need to cut them. And so I cut it down to just two guys who he'd grown up with, and they're on his crew, but they have no real film experience. <laughs> I think those two characters, Ricky and Mickey, could be developed further. They they're really just there just for him they're there to set up his his jokes if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, so i would work with those two characters more if, if i was redrafting it uh, but there was a lot of characters cut you know there was more family members there was the couple of pensioners who go to every funeral in frankie's uh history oh that's so good there, there was like a backstory and these are just you know professional mourners who go for free food and we had this idea that um eventually one of those two people would, would die and that would be the last funeral he does oh. type of thing oh yeah Serious that's good yeah. yeah oh man full circle there okay. yeah but we didn't get that far when in terms yeah, of the family like molly mm-hmm. and tony etc you just wanted to build in the most you know, impactful mourners you could for the deceased, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think it was with the the mum. We wanted the mum to kind of be really upset, but never at the point when the camera was rolling. Right. Um, <laughs> look, so, listeners, I know you're going to read this script online, and you totally should, but it's so funny because the whole script, the funeral director's trying to get the lady to cry on camera and when she finally starts crying at the end the cameras are not pointed at her and he just looks at her looks away and is like oh. <laughs> so yeah, so so she she's obviously in for the kind of the, the grieving process i guess and then the son is really just there because he hates he hates frankie mm-hmm. and he doesn't want anything to do with with frankie and i just for to be honest some of the other characters were just kind of thrown in just to bulk up the script a little sure. bit um so there you know it's not perfect there's, there's things that can be done with it uh, when i redraft it and i probably will redraft it a little more what do you think you would want to change moving forward well i think ricky and mickey need something else to do i, I think i like the character frankie i think he's you know he, he's stubborn he's a little ignorant but he but he's passionate so he does have enough of a character those two guys are really just there to kind of serve his his lines of dialogue, I guess. So I'd need to give, need to give them more. I think the ending is probably a little abrupt, um, mainly because, you know, we were given a limit uh, when I wrote it and I had to cut it down a little bit. Uh, but I would raise the stakes a little more before, you know, 
I don't want to give away the ending mm-hmm. in case people are going to go read it. Um, I would maybe add in another scene of interaction between the the protesters and and mm-hmm. Frankie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would bulk it up a little more, I think, but only if it was funny. I wouldn't want to just throw in another scene. You know, just for for the sake of throwing in another another scene. I mean, I think honestly, if if you're talking about this as a like a pilot as part of a series as opposed to just a short film, I think the ending, the the little stinger joke that you have at the end, I think is a just a good way to yeah. cap it off because so much about a pilot is sort of setting the tone and introducing everybody and then maybe getting into some deeper plot elements as the series goes forward. I think for a pilot, this would be. I think the ending's all is 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 is, is totally on point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could. I think it, you know, yeah, that is a very, very valid point. It, it, if it was a pilot, you know, characters such as Ricky and Mickey and Ricky would develop as the series progresses. Yeah, which is something that, that's tricky with with our students in in the Belfast Film School. We they always tend to pick short films rather than TV shows. Yeah. So quite a, we don't really get to talk about characters developing in a TV show as opposed to a script with the students. Um, but that is, yeah, that is a valid point. You know, some characters will obviously get more storylines of their own as the series progresses. Um, and I think the family that's in it, you know, Tony and Molly, they, they would reoccur because it's a small village is, yeah. is, is the, the setting for this. Mm, you know? I love that. It's well, kind of like this contained world that they live in. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect setting for this kind of a thing. It, you know, sometimes it, it's easier for me than other time to like picture maybe certain people or settings or whatever. But the way that you wrote this, it was really easy for me to picture like sort of a country, like again, a little town in the country somewhere with like, you know, green rolling hills and gray skies for me i couldn't help but picture stephen merchant as frankie and then i also had chris o'dowd in my head for tony uh stephen merchant as frankie was you've 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 nailed it yeah yeah that is Uh. actually the exact person i was thinking of. oh you're kidding me well that came through when i was reading it uh i was watching a well, the Office, the UK version of the mm-hmm. Office, mm-hmm. Uh, which which he wrote, um, it came out around the time I wrote this. Actually, it came out long before I wrote this, but I what I didn't start watching it until like two thousand and five, I think. And yeah, I had this idea of this really tall person who would not only stick out because of his personality, but because of his appearance. So when he gets out wearing the Hollywood, you know, film crew, <laughs> you know, the baseball hat, plus he's so tall. And yes, Stephen Merchant. And anyone, you know, some friends that have read the script said, you know, who would be great in that? Stephen Merchant. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think I have the budget for, for Stephen Merchant. So. Mm. Well, what are you yeah. thinking about doing with this in the future? Two, two thoughts, you know, I've, I've friends, um, one of my good friends I grew grew up with, a guy called Bramwell Holland. He's a local director, and he's he's did quite well. He's very fond of the script. I think I'd love to rewrite it myself, maybe produce it, and have someone like that, like a friend, come along and 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 direct it himself. The other thing would be, I would love it if someone said, you know what, we think we can take this and relocate it to I don't know Chicago, you know, somewhere like that. Um, I would be happy to do that as long as I could, you know, keep writing it uh, with whoever took it over. Um, I'm not looking to make, you know, a life-changing fortune out of this. I'd just like to see it get made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, that I, honestly, I, it was so easy for me to picture stuff the way it's written. I think this would be a fun thing to produce. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it could be filmed anywhere. Um, I watch a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm as well, and I could see this script with those type of characters as well. Um, it set... It could be said anywhere, you know, yeah. it could be set mm-hmm. in America, it could be set anywhere in England. Um, 
it, the principles apply. You know, it's it's funny in Ireland because of the whole, you know, we're, we're supposedly you know devout Catholics and stuff like this, and sure. this would be scandalous, etc. So it is funny in in Ireland and the small village, but there's small villages everywhere in the world. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah for it me, work anywhere. for me, reading it as somebody in the states, I think part of the charm is the fact that it's in either in Ireland or in like the English countryside or something like that somewhere. To me, that's part of the charm yeah. of it. Yeah, probably, and people love Irish stories as well. Yeah. And it was heavily influenced by a lot of the Irish things I was watching and, and reading as well. I read a lot of Roddy Doyle. Who, um, I don't know if you get Roddy Doyle books. The over name's there. familiar. Yeah, where he wrote the, the, the Commitments, the film about the band. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he wrote the book, and he would have had a he would have wrote screenplay with someone as well. Um, he's did other things, such as The Van, the van um, quite a lot of stuff. So he's quite a famous writer. Yeah. Um, especially here. And then Father Ted, I was obviously heavily influenced by as well. Yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah. It probably is best if it stays in Ireland, but I'd love to see what someone could do with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just stra- strains, change the jokes, maybe change some of the, the dialect a little bit would be interesting. Oh, you, you, I mean, what about the dialect we put on it? What do you think? Maybe we change it to that one. I think we like need to this. apologize again. Yeah. Is what we need to do. No, no. I, I said, I, actually, one of the, the, the action for Tony, I was thinking of the Leprechaun and the Simpsons. Actually, you should, oh, you should go on YouTube. Yeah, go on YouTube, play that clip. Yeah, I didn't take it far enough then. I, I could have come down with yeah. a hey to I mean, good Lord. I could have, I didn't know I had that kind of leeway, Thomas. Good grief. Oh, man, that's amazing. Well, if somebody is interested in getting in touch with you about your script and, you know, working with you to produce it, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Well, they could go for email. Um, I think it's on – I didn't put the email on the bio Mm -hmm. I sent you, but I could certainly send my email address across and my Twitter details. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm quite active on there. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, email or Twitter is the best way to do that. What's your name on Twitter while we're just asking? Throw your handle out there. It's at TJScott99. Awesome. Great. Well, so so when when Stephen Merchant listens to this episode and he thinks he hears yeah. this very thoughtful, well-read, funny guy who wrote this script and thinks, "Oh, geez, this would be perfect for me." Now he knows where to yeah. where to get a hold of you at. Yeah, just hit to send me a tweet, and if uh, the creator of Father Ted wants to co-write it, that would be <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that perfect. Would, that would literally be awesome. I we're, would love that. Listen, we're making connections left and right here. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much for sending us your script, and thanks for coming on the show with us. We really appreciate it. No, that was I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Oh, there we go. I love that. That was a ton of fun. I that script is so funny. There's a really good it's visual. Funny. There's a really good visual joke too near the end when Frankie is feeling really down on himself and he's sitting there just sort of talking about what was I doing? I could have been. Well, this is a total waste of my time. I've, I've I've been just spinning my wheels. This is so stupid. And then he turns and says, "Boy, you guys are really good listeners." And you assume the whole time <laughs> that he's been talking to Ricky and Mickey, but it's just these two horses, horses. that are standing there. Which is a fun. That's a fun little joke. I love that joke. There's so much. There's. I really love the script because it takes a lot of what could be surface level jokes mm-hmm. and makes them it makes them like great. Yes, they're great. All the bits are great, and I really, really appreciate it in terms of like writing comedy in this way. I also want to say that I'm a big fan of Irish writers and um, have been very lucky to be in a couple of theater shows. In one of my favorite playwrights is Connor McPherson, okay, who wrote The Weir, which I was in. Oh, and I saw you in that. Yep, yeah, my my brilliant 
work down in Cincinnati at the Irish Heritage Center. So I enjoyed that show a lot. I also specifically remember it, it was sort of a, a theater in the round, and yeah. I also specifically remember sitting across from a dude who was there with a girlfriend, and dude maybe wasn't the biggest fan of live theater. Like he may have just come along because she wanted she to. She wanted to go, and he was full blown like nodding off every like about oh, maybe twenty hilarious. minutes into it, and I'm just staring across the way, trying to pay attention to what you and everybody else are doing. What we're doing with and, our emotional moments I know, on stage, and this guy's just zonking out, and it's the funniest thing. It was the best. Well, I love that one, too, because our dear friend B, who we talk about occasionally on this yes. show, he came into the show blasted. <laughs> he had been at Haps Irish Pub, one of our favorite favorite places, yeah. drinking, 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 comes into the show and just had like an emotional meltdown during the big reveal at the end of the show because oh, he was great. so drunk. It was wonderful. Uh, if you have been so drunk, it's wonderful and have <laughs> maybe written something that's very funny or maybe serious or action-y or whatever, please get it written down and send it to us. Go on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit and uh, please send us your work. And if you uh, communicate us the way, uh, in any way, the words hot burrito, mm-hmm. that will let us know that you listen to the show. I'm and still hungry. We'll move you in a, we'll move you to the front and far as far as what we're reading to decide on for a show next. Right. So uh, listeners, you know, look us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the stuff we've been talking about. Go to Patreon, just at us so that we can at you mm-hmm. and add out our writers too because we're proud of them and all the work they're that they're doing and we're very grateful for their time. Yeah, get in touch with, go onto the website, read the scripts that we have on there and then feel free to contact these writers and say, hey, I really enjoyed your work or I thought you were really fun on the show. How else can I read some of your stuff? I would love if, if, a, if a writer got contacted about that. And I don't know that they haven't already. That's true. We don't know. That'd be cool. We don't know. The world is big. Yeah. Anywho, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. And until next week, listeners, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by Bensound.com. Outro music by Purple-Planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.